Jen the Builder. And Corey. And we're on Take the Elevator. And before we take this ride, we have to do shout outs. Okie dokie. Our last episode was with our mom and just the miracle and how she's living her best life. So I wanted to give shout outs to people who reached out to me. And it's specifically Stephen, who loved the storytelling and he felt the connection. And then Kelly said... This was one of her top three favorite episodes. And I think, Corey, we're like on episode 56, 55, something like that. Can't keep up right now. But to be in someone's top three, that says a lot. Out of 55 shows or uh, episodes? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to also mention that my mom's community reached out to her and was very encouraged and commended her on a job well done. So I made a, a small mention about something because as we were recording i noticed the chemistry between all of us and i said well we have jen the builder and now we have <laughs> jean the senior well she wasn't too happy about that at first but you know i'm I'm working on it i say you keep working on it because i think you're going somewhere with that i love how the seniors were just so excited that one of their very own shined so bright on this episode that was so cool mm-hmm. i want to also mention that it was one of my favorites and i could not stop laughing when I edited it. And I think I kept, that was like part of my conversation for the full week was the episode. And I think I actually put more plugins on social media for that episode than I have any other one. Oh, nice. So fun. Speaking of fun, we just had April Fool's. You know, I'm a big goofball and I love laughing. And was there anything that stood out for you, Corey, on that day? Actually, yeah, it was a little bit different because at our company, you know, we both work at the same place. For years in the past, our CEO would always have some of the most elaborate April Fool's jokes to play on the entire company. And he was so good at planning them. I think he planned them the whole year. He's not there with us anymore. And he's alive, but he's just not at the company anymore. And uh, we didn't have that. And so nobody played any jokes and I didn't play any jokes. So it was just a little bit different than the norm. Definitely different for me and and the team. We always start off with a huddle. And I said, you know what? It's April Fool's. I'm not going to get so serious because it's just it's been so serious, right? Like measures and objectives and goals and targets and milestones. Oh, my goodness. It's just a lot. It's like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> right. So we changed the huddle and I made it just really light. And that's really what I want for this episode, by the way. The huddle, we just talked about funny things. We did two truths, one lie. What, what am I truthing on? What am I fooling on? And it opened up to some pretty weird conversation, but it was so needed. Nice. Glad to hear that. Yeah. And Corey, you brought up a good memory. So our former CEO sent an email one year and we have like over 2,500 team members. So some of us know what to expect around that time. Some of us don't because we're new or we just forget it's, you know, that time of year. Right. (laughs) One time he sent an email and he said for security measures and to lessen the cost on badges and to prevent us from losing them and having outside people enter the building unbeknownst to us, we now want to incorporate 
a chip either on your right hand or on your forehead not visible to the eye it's so much easier and so he went on i think this email was like super long oh yeah it was a, a page long <laughs> yes so one of our team members freaked the heck out and called her pastor and said they're incorporating the chip where i work like this is it it's the end of the world as we know it, right? So she let our CEO know and he had to reel her back in because she was ready to get pastoring and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good times. We'd love to hear what you guys did or something you experienced on April Fool's. Please send it to us on jenthebuilder.com. Every I was preparing for today's episode and we look at national calendar days and everything that drew my attention really brought me back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent, this is going to bring you to maybe where you need to go with our children, especially as we've stated in, in a world that's so serious and so hurtful. You know, how do we bring joy back in? How do we bring childlike memories so when they are adults, they can look back and be able to smile and laugh at all the things, right? Right, right. So there are days like PB&J, find a rainbow, find a unicorn, those type of days. And actually, April 3rd was love our children. So I want to start with this. On April 6th, which is tomorrow, there's a day called Sorry Charlie Day. Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Not Charlie from Willy Wonka. That's what I thought. It's Charlie the tuna on commercials for Sunkissed tuna right. back in the day. Oh, yeah. I remember those quite vividly. Glasses and all, right? Yeah. This day has to do with rejection, and but taking it from a different perspective. How have we survived it? What have we learned from it? And how did you overcome it? I want to bring us back to our childhood. Okay. And maybe talk about a rejection we had, whether it be a breakup, something you tried out for, didn't get, a loss on a team as you were playing sports, whatever it is. A rejection. Hmm. Hmm. Am I going first? Yeah. Okay. So what comes to mind for me is um, first grade. And this is way before I had any thought of girlfriends or having a special person in my life. So when I was in this class and I remember the teacher's name, Miss Norland, I was just there as a innocent student expecting nothing more than to get a good education. <laughs> right. <laughs> but however, across from me sat the most prettiest girl that I'd ever seen Aww. in my six years of living. <laughs> and I thought to myself, She's so beautiful. I just want to be her friend. I just want uh -huh. to talk to her. So I, I devised this plan to to meet this girl. And uh, what I did was when we had story time on the carpet, I slipped a crayon in her shoe. <laughs> Thinking back now, I probably would have been pretty mad if somebody had slipped a crayon in my shoe. It would have been uncomfortable. Might have colored my sock or my shoe even. <laughs> but nope, she was okay with that. And so that sparked the friendship and we talked and we became pretty okay friends and it was known that I liked her and that she liked me. Yeah. We were a thing for at least three months uh, out of the school year. Yeah. But then the tragedy happened. The most. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That, that moment of it's all over. She told me she was moving to the next city over. And to me, <laughs> that was 
on the other side of the continent, on the other side of the world, just somewhere unattainable, right. <laughs> unreachable. My heart was torn out of my chest and I've professed my never ending feelings of whatever I was going through at that time. And so we vowed to find each other as adults and rekindle whatever it was we were attempting to have in the first grade. Did you ever attempt to find each other in adult life? No. (laughs) I mean, you realize very quickly that (laughs) that uh, childhood puppy crush, puppy love or whatever you want to call it is very fleeting. And it's not something that's going to, you know, sustain itself. And so, yeah, I thought about it at one point in time just because yeah. I had ran into an uh, old schoolmate. Didn't talk about her, but just, you know, thinking, oh, I wonder how she's doing. But that's all that was. That's a sweet story. And so you have easily detoured me from what I was going to share. I knew this guy, Gabriel, since kindergarten. His mom was a teacher at the school I went to. And it was a very small private Christian school. So all the kids got to know each other really well mm-hmm. throughout time. And it was in, what grade was I in? I think my dad passed away when I was in fifth grade. And so it was that year that when I came back after dad passed away, Gabriel was in sixth grade, I was in fifth, right? And we shared the same classroom. That's how small the school was. And our teacher was Miss Hoskins. So when Miss Hoskins was teaching the fifth grade or something, the sixth graders were required to be in their books focused on their studies, doing their thing, getting their education, and not being distracted. Right. Well, one day, Gabriel was distracted by me, I have to say. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And so, Miss Hoskins called on him to answer a question. She saw that he was distracted. He didn't even hear her. And in my school, it was very strict. That was like grounds for, you might get the paddle for that one, brah. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. Wow. But this is how brave he was. And on his vans, he wrote, I love Jen, you know, and kids would poke fun, but he didn't care. So he he tagged his shoe. He tagged his shoe. In the name of love. Yes. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And then it was so cute because when I would play dodgeball, no kids were allowed to get me, like just let her run around in a circle, but don't get her. And I was kind of wondering like, hey, I'm right here. Why is no one trying to get me? That's because that's what he had asked the kids to do. So as we get older, I'm in sixth grade. He's graduated from the elementary school and he's gone on to another school, but I would still see him at like our Christmas programs and graduations and stuff like that. And it was a Christmas program. And after the program, we went to the playground and just talked. He told me he was moving to Washington. Oh. And Corey, my heart was broken. I'm sure it was. Oh, it was so sad. And we didn't make any promises to meet up. It's just kind of what it was. Yeah. And we had never made physical contact. And that was the first and last time I got to hug him, you know, goodbye. Now, we did connect on Facebook years ago, and it was good to see him married with kids. He knew my story, and it was like we had a friendship for that moment, and it was a much-needed friendship for me. Yeah. So forever grateful for Gabriel. Funny enough, Corey, the story I was going to share has to do with Gabriel. I'm going somewhere with this. At Uh the school I was in, I auditioned for Mary. Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus, right? Okay. And Mary was a coveted spot. Like, if you were Mary, that meant you were pretty. That meant you were it. Mm, right? Okay. The so, end all be all. Yeah. Okay. So in my big head, I'm thinking, I'm doing Mary. It's sixth grade. It's my last year here at school. I want to audition for Mary. 
Now, mind you, Mary had no speaking parts. All she did was carry the baby Jesus. (laughs) But that's what you wanted to be. Right. That's what I wanted to be. And I didn't get it. I was so crushed. So crushed. Because I was like, in my last year, I'm going to be married. Gabriel's going to come see me and visit. And I'm going to be married. Oh. Yeah, but no. Instead, they made me Angel Gabriel. And I said, Angel Gabriel? That's a guy. Right, right. Like, I was even more hurt and offended. (laughs) So my teachers said, well, no, no, no. It's Angel Gabrielle. And I was like, Angel Gabrielle? Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. So you didn't get to be Mary. No. So they rewrote the Bible so that (laughs) you could have a part in the play. Yeah. Sounds like a religion of today. Yeah, Yeah, that's what they do, right? Rewrite it, tweak it, (laughs) twist it to make it whatever you want it to be. I bossed that role. They made me the biggest angel wings ever. My robe shined and and shimmered and glimmered with gold. And my lines were tight. I didn't remember anything. And I projected. Okay. Please don't tell me you're about to do that right now. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. It seems very sacrilege. To just quote out a Bible verse for this episode. So no, I'm not going to do it. But then it just made me think as we're reminiscing about all these things, just the teachers in our lives, specifically mine, the adults in my life that really supported my gifts, my talents and my craziness, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really cool stuff. We'd love to hear your rejections. You know, that's what Take the Elevator is about. Sometimes it's just story time, but hopefully what it's done is triggered some really good memories. Things that you thought was like the end of the world, but not so much. Not so much. Yeah, please share it with us on jenthebuilder.com. We would love to hear about it, and I'd love to share about it throughout April. Yeah, yeah. Every day, elevate. Yeah, I'm going to be a little tricky. I'm throwing a would you rather in here. Oh, no. (laughs) And I know it's not. On a Monday? Yeah, we're doing it on a Monday. We sure are. So, Corey, would you rather have gone to the library or to the zoo as a child? Oh, that's not so bad. That's an easy one. As a child, I would have much rather gone to the zoo. Uh, The library was a lot like school. And (laughs) although I didn't hate school, I just wasn't a big fan of it. The zoo is a much better option. Although, I have to be honest with you, the smells at the zoo was quite... uh, Rampant? Yeah, and off-putting. Me as a kid, I didn't want to smell that. It was like, oh, that's weird. Right. But after you've been there for a (laughs) while, of course, you get used to it and and you're able to, to cope. That's a small price to pay not to be in school. So worth it, right? Indeed. So April 8th is National Zoo Lovers Day. And then the 6th, it's Library Workers. I don't remember her name. And gosh, I wish I did. But she was a librarian. And so here's what the library was for me. Dad would pick us up from school at 2.30. He got off work at like 4.30. So what he would do with my brother and I was take us to the local library right down the street from his work. And she was our babysitter pretty much. The librarian? The librarian. Wow, that's kind of cool. She was amazing, amazing. Yeah. I remember everything about her from the way she looked. She was one of those adults in my lives that just had such an impact. Anyways, so library for me would be my choice, but I do have a zoo story that I have to share, and this has to do with my kids, Kayla and Nathan. Okay. 
Oh my goodness. So I take him to the LA Zoo. And Kill is probably six years old, which would have made Nathan four. Mm-hmm. The parents are there with their kids, and we're looking at the elephants. And there's like this mid sized elephant. If I had to pick an age, it would be adolescent. Mm-hmm. And so here's where I'm going with this. Just imagine an adolescent boy and the kind of things that they go through, right? Mm-hmm. The changes. Right. So this elephant was going through this change because he was rocking back and forth up against this fence, just rocking. Mm-hmm. Well, along with him, something else was rocking and it oh, was swaying. Oh boy. And, and it was swaying like crazy. And the parents, we were just looking at each other like, whose kid is going to say something? Of course, the kid that said something was Kayla. Uh-huh. And Kayla said, Mommy, mommy, what is that? And she points right to the thing that's swaying. And I don't know what I was thinking. I said, oh, that's his tail. Uh-uh. Right? And no sooner than I said it was his tail, why did that elephant start to urinate? Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I knew this was going to get crazy. <laughs> and so the parents are looking at me like, now what? Like, what are you going to say? And she said, oh, what's his tail doing? <laughs> and I didn't even know what to say. And of course, later I had explained to her what it was. And she, of course, got me again. She said, mommy, was Dumbo a guy? Oh, my. Yeah. And I said, Oh, my goodness. So in her cute mind, why didn't Dumbo have that part? Right. So that's the zoo story. One of my favorite stories ever. Glad you told it. Speaking of zoo, I do have one more to share. That same zoo trip. You know, kids, which one do you want to see again? What animal? Nathan said, I want to see the crocodile. And I can't do this right on a podcast, but I'm going to try. All that crocodile did was stay in the same stationary spot and blinked its eye every once in a while. And that's what he wanted to see. see. (laughs) So we would stand there for minutes just awaiting the blink of the eye. (laughs) I don't even know if that thing was real. It was so still. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know how kids are. We like what we like. Yes, we do. We definitely do. This was a fun day, Corey, when I saw this. Adults out there, we are allowed a day to not do any housework. April 7th. What day? That's April 7th? Yeah, write that one down. Yes, it's Wednesday. I, I'm, I'm making a mental note as we speak. I don't want to be asked to do nothing. Right? I won't ask you oh, because you. it's a day that you're not supposed to. And when is that? That's tomorrow? No, April 7th is two days from today, so Wednesday. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So speaking of housework, I thought, Oh, my goodness. I had so many chores growing up. Were you chore heavy, too? I wasn't chore heavy, but I was chore burdened. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know any child that was not at least chore burdened. There was plenty of things for me to do around the house, clean the bathroom, vacuum the floors. Your bedroom had to be tended to on a regular basis. Of course, if you're a boy... Uh, you're doing lawn work. So, yeah, I, I was very chore burdened. <laughs> I like that chore burden. I was chore cursed, it felt like. Like, <laughs> that's all I ever did. Your nickname was Cinderella? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. And that's funny because I have two siblings. And right. <laughs> anyhow, 
I thought I was going to beat the system and this is how I was going to do it. I got my first job at like 15, 16 and it was at soup plantation mm-hmm. right down the street. And then I decided that I would get another job. So at my school, they posted local jobs for the high school kids. Okay. And there was a job T-score mapping an office one. Choose Dory. I worked soup plantation after work. I worked T-score mapping on the days I didn't work at soup plantation and I pulled off straight A's and still did chores and did youth group and did sports. Wow. Yes. But tell me if I got to come off some of those chores. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, of course, it became more intense for me because I had now to figure out time management at 16 years old. Incredible. But you did it and you made it through. I did. Yeah. I did. And, of course, I was out of the house at 17. So you worked for one year and said, I'm out. out. Oh, yeah. Gotta go. (laughs) So that was it for chores. And then I mentioned sports, too, Corey. So there's actually a day this week called Student Athlete Day, which is on the 6th. So that's tomorrow. Oh, awesome. I think that's something that you and I had in common is being athletes at a young age. I like the way you said that. <laughs> Why? Because it almost sounds like we're the same in the athletic department. I try to find some similarities. Okay. And hold on to those. <laughs> well, I'll explain my athleticism yeah. and then you explain yours. Cool. So I played football. I played basketball. I played baseball. I was an avid skateboarder as a child. Oh. Um, as I got older and got into high school, I was introduced to volleyball, which I thought was a, a tremendous add on to my athletic ability and then it taught me a whole nother level of teamwork because you're playing the sport that you have to pass to each other in order to make a point yeah yeah i I really enjoyed sports it was natural for me to do sports i almost had an opportunity to go to azusa pacific because i was very good in uh, volleyball however i got deterred and went into the music and went a different direction and began to travel nice i played sports and I don't know why I was going to say, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. Because you don't say believe that. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I played softball and I played volleyball. Nice. And I didn't play basketball because it was too much running. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking, why did the teachers not say you have to run? Because, Corey, true story, PE, we had to run up the hill. I went to school where there are a lot of hills. And so we went to the park for PE. I said, I don't want to run, whether it was because it was my time of month or because I didn't want to sweat and go into my uniform, you know, dress back. Or but you just w- didn't want to run. Yeah, Right. So they allowed me to negotiate everything. So I got to ride with a PE teacher and I just had to set up the cones and the equipment, you know, on the field. Oh, that's nice. I mean, as long as you're willing to participate and you're doing something, it's an activity. It's called physical education. So you, you did your part. I guess, I guess. Uh, but I had, a, I had a great time nonetheless. Funny story. So softball and volleyball, I was third baseman and I rocked it. But here's the thing about me that I've learned later on in life. I was, as long as I kicked butt doing my position mm-hmm. and I tagged people out, even if we lost, I felt like a winner because I did what I was supposed to do. Oh. So I learned throughout time the importance of team. And it's not just about what you're feeling at that moment. Because I felt that way, I guess, when we were losing. So here's what I would do. This is why I won most inspirational in every sport every four years. So that's a total of eight trophies for being most inspirational. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. 
So they make trophies for that. Yeah, what a waste of metal. Maybe just for me. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I said, what a waste of metal, <laughs> right? <laughs> waste of metal. And so, what would happen is my school. I went to Pacific Christian, and so I always thought that the name of who we were was in the name of our school. So we need to rep at all times. And mind you, I was a school officer, president, vice president, all that stuff. I was very into it. Captain of the pep club. Like I, now that I think back, I probably would have annoyed myself, but anyways, like we would be losing and the team would do us dirty and refs would call, you know, just out of the wall shots and it shouldn't have been against us, but it was. And so my friends were getting upset and they'd be cussing under their breath and they'd be just like not happy and they didn't want to high five the other team. And I was like, come on, you guys, we're better than this. We're Christian and we're Christ-like and we're supposed to love one another. Oh, you were that <laughs> girl. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I married, huh? That is who you married. <laughs> but it was always great. When we did the award ceremony, we got a good laugh out of that because most inspirational were just kind of like there's no one more inspiring than Jen. Yeah, and I'm sure your team really um, appreciated it later after the game was over and they were the frustration hit went away. Yeah, I I believe they did. There's a bunch of other days that are so great this week. You guys, please look it up. National Siblings Day mm -hmm. is one on the 10th. We've got National Walking Day on the 7th. That's a huge one. So there's a lot of days we just can't capture it here. We really wanted to make it about our childhood and stories that bring us joy. So hopefully you have some and you're going to share them with us, with one another, or just, you know, amongst yourselves. And hopefully it brings a smile to your day. Yeah. Well, you know us to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. It is time for the P.S. to what I think was a beautiful love letter. It was for me. Oh, yeah, indeed. Brought so much love and, and life to my day. So I'm going to jump in here right now for the P.S. on my behalf because I was thinking about a particular scenario that happened when I was in the kindergarten grade. And this was one of those heartbreaking moments that I you know, had as a child. The story that was read to us was Green Eggs and Ham. And if you've listened to uh, the podcast in the past, you know that was one of my favorite childhood books. So the teacher informed us that she was going to be making Green Eggs and Ham the next day at school. So I was over the moon. I, I could not wait. That was one of the first days that I remember waking up going, yes, I'm going mm -hmm. to school. First and only probably. <laughs> no it had to be more than that maybe two times maybe two okay. so i get to school and and i'm waiting for this moment to take place because my favorite book is coming to life it's going to be made in the classroom so i'm just like let's get to it make it happen so the teacher's up there she's cooking well first she set out the eggs so i got my eye on those eggs because i'm like green eggs that's going to be crazy to see a green yolk come out of that egg. Uh. So she cracks the egg and what comes out? <laughs> a yellow yolk. <laughs> I was so, oh, I just, I can't even express how angry and disappointed and offended that <laughs> my teacher would bring in some yellow eggs for a story that says green eggs and ham in it. 
Right. So she begins to cook it, and I'm already disappointed. So I'm like, whatever she makes is not going to be green eggs and ham. So <laughs> you can take that mess somewhere and throw it away. So what she does is she puts the dye in the yeah. egg, and I'm thinking to myself, you're no Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss would <laughs> never do something like this. I seen those eggs, and those eggs started out green, and they stayed green the whole time. Hey. So that was one of my moments of just being crushed and broken as a child, but it didn't have anything to do with love or even like at that point, just a favorite book of mine. But it probably glorified Dr. Seuss even more. Oh, even right? more. Yeah. Cause the adults got off the hook because Dr. Seuss was still the real deal. Right. Absolutely. If it was Dr. Seuss there, those eggs would have been green. Oh yeah. He would have did it right. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. For me, my PS was this, as we were reminiscing about everything, I just thought, man, I want to give a shout out to the adults in my life. We started off with shout outs. I'd like to end this letter with a shout out Okay. to the librarian that was our babysitter and looked out for us and just fed me books to read and took her time to check on my brother and I. Gosh, thank you for every teacher that listened to me and knew that I was a special child and worked with me on these different things, created <laughs> roles for me, allowed me not to run. Like Changed just, the Bible for you. Yeah. And even my principal in elementary school, Ms. Hoskins, who's passed away now, when I graduated salutatorian, she went to my graduation for oh, high how school. Sweet. That's nice. Yeah. And she went to the reception and I will never, ever forget her and all the things that she instilled in me. Of course, my youth pastor, huge part of my childhood mm -hmm. and allowed me to be me. No one really muted me. That's the crazy thing. Uh, it's the amazing thing. It's something that I'm so grateful for. Right. They just let me be me. And then, of course, my two bosses when I was 16, Sue Plantation and Darla at T-Square Mapping, mm -hmm. that office job was really something for me because she gave me projects and just allowed me to project manage at 16 and this was her business, and we were working with the city. So my mind just expanded on possibilities and allowing me to come up with ways to make things work. That's such a great way to end this story, Jen. Yeah, that is my P.S. And I hate to not be able to end it there, but I do want to tell our listeners what they have to look forward to this month. We're going to be talking about autism awareness and elevating that into acceptance how we see people for their differences and how we include them instead of separate ourselves from them, isolate them and really come together to live this life as a community. Right. And so we've got Stephen Camp, who is pretty much going to be with us throughout every Wednesday in April. We've got different guests from parents of children with autism, parents who have grown in wisdom. And then I have a niece whose son was just recently diagnosed with autism. So she's going through those difficult moments and really wanting to get the knowledge and the support. So I hope this really helps. So if you know anyone who has autistic children, or if you have a story that you'd like to share, we would love for you to chime in and elevate one another this month. Absolutely. Uh, Jen, I forgot one thing that's kind of an important thing yeah. for me. Uh, I got a couple of dates this oh, month. Oh, yes. And so I wanted to invite everyone that can come out to uh, support us and enjoy a, a good live music band and the whole nine. Uh, we're going to be at Braemar Brewery on the 17th. Mm -hmm. Braemar is in Ontario, 1609 mm -hmm. South Grove Street. 
We will be there from 7.30 until 9.30, and we've incorporated some new songs. So if you came out the last time, you're not going to hear the same set. You'll hear some of the songs, but you yeah. won't hear all the same songs. We're just going to have a great time. We're going to even have a T-shirt giveaway. So come and enjoy. I got my T-shirt, guys, and it's so cute. You guys are going to want to do this. I'm excited and looking forward to that. April is going to be an amazing, amazing month. Yes, and so the second date is going to be at Hangar 24 on the 24th. And I'll give you some more details as we get closer to that date. Yeah, we hope to meet you there. And I think we're going to do the same thing. First people that come up to us and identify us as Jen Co., Jen the Builder, and Corey, beers on us. Well, hey. at least first couple rounds. Right. All right, you guys. Well, you know it's to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. Every day.